and heartbreaking. It's higher than any disease. Just speak in tongues if you know how to speak in tongues.
lift up your hands and lift the name of the Lord. All things are possible in the name. All things are possible in the name. Oh, the name has been given unto us. Over our families, over our jobs, over our homes. Lift up your hands and say, Jesus, the name of all God, the Bible says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name, Jesus, call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. There's no other name given. She brought forth a son. And his name was called Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. You'll find that in the in Matthew's the first chapter. My God, what a name. And you know, we only have that name for a little while. Bless your name, Jesus. I could just spend the rest of the evening to tomorrow and on, and I think I will. I will, because that is what I've been called to do, and that is to minister the word of God that souls may be saved. But that name is temporary. I need you to understand that. The name of Jesus is temporary. It's not going to be here forever. No, 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 no. Uh, if someone told you the name of Jesus is going to be around forever, it's, uh, you know, no, it's not like uh, grace. It's not like mercy. Uh, it's involved with grace and mercy, but it, the name of Jesus is not going to be here forever. The name of salvation that's given for salvation is temporary. And we'll go into that another time. But uh, uh, again, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. And today is March 11th, uh, 2021 uh, AD. And I hope you're enjoying your day. It, maybe you're just now waking up or maybe you're in the middle of your day or, or uh, coming to the end of your day like we are. But uh, no matter where you are right now, I hope. I pray that you are enjoying life, enjoying life, enjoy life. The Lord said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. So we're supposed to be enjoying life. Uh, not, it's not a doom and gloom every day. You know, the, the dog ate, the, the, the cat ate my goldfish, the dog ate my cat, you know, and, and on and on and on. And, you know, it's not like that. And so, um, and that's not to minimize what someone may be dealing with, but I, I'm telling you, uh, God is good and he's been good to all of us. And we need to find and enjoy the life that God has given us. Uh, you'll find that there are some great benefits no matter what position we're in. And, 
And I, I have some testimonies. I could go back into some things of where God has brought me from, but time will not permit. But certainly I thank and I appreciate God for what he has done. And I tell him that. And I hope you do too. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, this is um, our teaching. I don't know if you've noticed, but on the uh, Thursday nights, it, it's numbered. So this is the 34th message out of the book of Acts. And there are so many messages that have not been given up to this time. So many areas that have not been covered. Uh, even though we've read over the scripture, you know, the word of God is inexhaustible. It's not going to exhaust it in, in one setting. And there are some things that you that you read today um, and you'll go back and read five, six, a, a year later, and you'll your eyes will be open. You'll see something totally different uh, that, but yet it still lines up with the word of God. And that's what I love about him is that he keeps doing great things. And as a songwriter said, he does great things for me. And I'm sure he does for you too. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And I believe that you 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 feel the same. I believe that you that you uh, trust and know that the, the Bible is the word of God. And my prayer is that you're faithful and that you're bold. You know, people are bold in a lot of areas, but you be bold for God. Be bold for him. People are cuss in front of you and then get offended when you say Jesus in front of them. You know, so let's be bold as we can and as we should be. Um, and, you know, and certainly whatever you're dealing with, face that opposition in obedience to the word of God. We're taking the year with purpose. The purpose is a reason for which something is done or created or why something exists. It is one's intention, objective and goal. And so I have some intentions to get some things done. Uh, I'm moving with objective in mind. I have a goal that at the end of the year, I want to share with you if the Lord should tarries. And I, I hope you are doing the same. You know, So take this year with purpose. Grab hold to it. Uh, you dominate it. You dominate it. God gave us the ability. He gave us the power to take dominion. And so you take that authority that has been given to you by your Lord and Savior. We're in the uh, book of Acts, the 15th chapter. Uh, at verse 10 through 20, I'm going to start reading there. Before I start reading, I want to ask this question and you can comment it this, uh, uh, while you're listening. You can use your, your mobile device. You can use uh, uh, Master Google. And that's what we refer to it in, in the office. You know, but um, there are two things. And actually, it was covering on Tuesday night uh, in our Bible session then and from Ezekiel as we talked about the word of God and how the Lord is preparing his people to enter into the blessing that he has stored for them. There are two things. This is the question. There are two things which are never satisfied. Two things which are never satisfied. And when you have the answer, uh, give me the scripture, comment the scripture in. Um, and so um, two things that are never satisfied in the book of Acts 15 chapter, beginning at the 10th verse, uh, it says, now, therefore, why tempt ye God 
to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon have declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as is written. And after this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will again, will build again the ruins thereof. And I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, said the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble them not, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we wrote unto them that they that we write unto them that they abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication and from things strangled uh, from blood. Now, if you recall, Peter, Paul, Luke, Barnabas, uh, Deacon Philip, uh, and other witnesses have seen the fulfillment of God's word to every nation and kindred of people. Now, uh, the Lord told Abraham that I'm going to bless your seed. You're going to multiply. You're going to be as the, the sands of the sea. You're going to be as the stars of the sky. You know, and Abraham went through a period of time where it, where it was just, it seemed like a dry season. There are times that our seasons seem very dry. Now, we know in the natural, we look at the seasons change. We see that uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And there are some grounds that seem more fruitful than others. And then all of a sudden, bam, the season, uh, your season comes around and things begin to flourish. And so the Lord had spoken this already, and that's why he refers to the prophets. And they're now witnessing what the Lord has spoken years and uh, thousands of years ago to, uh, to someone that is no longer with them, that's Abraham. And, you know, if the Lord is keeping his promise to someone that have died already. How much more is he, will he keep his promise to those that are living? God will keep his word. He will keep his promise. He's keeping his promise to those that have, uh, to, to the forefathers. He's keeping his promise to, to some of our grandparents and great-grandparents that have prayed a prayer and even prophesied over our lives without us even being on the scene uh, that, Lord, I, I'm speaking those things that are not as though they were. Because you've given that authority, you've given that power, you've given that ability. And even though the season may seem dry, it, I know that you're going to fertilize it. You're going to plant the seed. You're going to handle it. And it's going to spring forth at the appointed time. And so Peter, uh, Peter, Paul, Luke, Barnabas, uh, Philip, 
and other witnesses have seen the fulfillment of God's word to every nation and kindred of people. And, and so uh, no matter how you look at it, uh, what it may look like, when God speaks into your life, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The problem is people have spoken things that do not line up with the word or the will of God. Uh, and so let, let me say that again. Uh, everyone that, that get in your face, everyone that want to lay hands on you, uh, you know, um, everyone that say something to you doesn't mean that if they're lining up with the will of God. Uh, and it doesn't mean that it's lining up with the word of God for you. You know, I've seen where uh, the minister or uh, people have come and they may prophesy something in someone's life and they'll say, well, you can be part of this too. You know, get up and spin around three times and, uh, you know, and uh, I don't want to go too far into that, but, uh, but it doesn't happen for that individual because that individual was not in, was not in alignment with God's will. It don't come to pass for certain because they are not lined up in his will. Neither are they. Some of them are not even obeying his word. So we we need to we need to be for real about this because God is for real about it. Uh, as we have been in the book of Ezekiel, we see that the Lord did not when the Lord told Israel a long time ago, told their forefathers in them, that if you do what I say, do and I'm paraphrasing it then you'll be blessed. You'll eat the good of the land. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll, you'll be a lender and not a borrower. But if you don't do this, if you don't, then it's going to be the opposite. It's going to get, things are going to get very rough. And, and Ezekiel's dealing, had to deal with that with the people because they did not. However, we just seem, we, us folks, uh, just look at God's word as if, you know, he's just, he's kidding. He's going to bless me anyhow. And that is not, that doesn't line up with his word. We need to make sure that we line up with the word of God. We need to make sure so that when, when his word of prophecy come along and, or even when you speak those things over yourself, then it will fulfill in your life sooner than later. It will fulfill in your life according to his will. You know, we pray, and one of the things that I'm always conscious to pray about is, Lord, let your will be done. Because the Lord told the disciples, when they asked him, they said, look, Moses taught the people how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, and in that prayer, he said, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we want, God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Now, there, here's a key. I'll give you a key here. Uh, uh, for In 2 Peter 1 and 10, it says, give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, there's a key. I'm giving you a key. And uh, that is a key that unlocked many doors. That's for 2 Peter 1 and 10. Give all diligence to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things. Now, I want to just take the subject matter here from the scripture that we, the scriptures that we have read, and that is don't provoke him. Don't provoke him. And there was a commercial, and some of you might know this commercial. I, I recall it from uh, younger days uh, that it, it was a butter commercial. And this commercial said, it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And so they gave Mother Nature some butter, a, a tub or a stick of butter. 
and she tasted it and started talking about, oh, the nice sweetness of it and how great it is. Uh, you know, and they said, but that's not butter. Um, it's our brand. And she told them it's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And of course, uh, things got pretty ugly from there. And so um, that's what it, it just kind of reminded me of the fact that when you start messing with God, when you start uh, doing things, provoking him, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. The scripture says, now, therefore, why tempt ye God? And someone said that they were testing God. No, this was not a test. We, this was, they were, uh, you provoking him because you're going against the word. You're putting a yoke upon the neck of the believer, uh, which neither, none of us was able to, uh, to sustain. And here it is. You're going to place that same yoke upon other people. There, it had been a massive discussion. They, they've had a massive debate over the new converts and the physical circumcision. And so Peter asked the apostles, he asked the elders that was there and the Pharisees that was that was that believed in the strictness of the law and, and say, hey, if we didn't, if we don't live according to what is written on these pages, the scribes have, scri have scribbled it out with a big color and they coloring books, you know, and and crayons, you know, and, and so we can read it. We see it right here, multicolored, uh, and we want to follow it just as it said. But Peter asked, why tempt God? Why place a yoke on the neck of your fellow uh, believers and others so that they can struggle with the same thing that you're struggling with? Why do it? Why do it? And my, I'm telling you, I, I can go there, that question and, and that one verse can take us down many paths of teaching, many paths of dealing with tradition, many paths uh, of where people have taken and said, if you don't wear this, then you're not saved. Now, true, it, it, the Bible tells us that we should not be provocative, uh, ladies, men, we should not be provocative in our attire. You, you know, we don't need to be showing, you know, showing your cleavages for your, your husband. Uh, showing your, your, showing everything that you got, man, is for your uh, wife. It is not for, you don't use that as bait. Uh, you use your virtue, that God, your God-given virtue as bait, uh, not your physical virtues, because uh, that, that has got a lot of us in trouble. And, and I think we all can bear witness to that. And, and so, going down that path of saying, hey, this is the way. You... Now, there are some, there are many things in the scripture that we're supposed to abide by. You're supposed to be moderate. We're not supposed to be all flamboyant and, and everything, you know, and this doesn't mean that you don't have some, 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 something stacked up in the bank. It's just saying that you don't have to go around show, showboating and everything that there is that you have. There's a way to conduct ourselves. There's a certain way that we present ourselves in the church and in the presence of God. There's a way that we come in to worship and to praise the Lord. There's a way that we should entreat God and not just do it any kind of way because this is the way I'm feeling. No, God has standards and God has outlined. He told Moses and not just Moses, but I'm gonna stick with Moses for now. He told Moses that build, make the tabernacle way, the way that you see it. I'm giving you a vision. I'm showing you how things are to be. 
And so God gives a vision. He gives his word and said, this is how it's supposed to be. And so the tap, not just the physical tabernacle that we enter into for worship and praise, but the physical tabernacle that we abide in that, uh, this, this tabernacle, uh, I believe it was Paul was talking to, and said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? If you have the spirit of God, if you have the Holy Ghost, your body is a temple. Now, let me just go a little further with that. You are a house. And there dwells within you, you trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit. So dwelling in you is a is a right spirit, is a clean heart, or maybe it's not, and you're going to change that. But you are a housing. And so uh and and so what you do, you're gonna be either considered a vessel, a house of honor or dishonor. That's up to you. I, I'm certain that you're you're smarter than the average bear and you're going to make the right decision. And, and so uh, after a massive debate over the new converts, uh, he said, why provoke God? Why tempt him? Some of the commentaries interpreted this as the test. And I, I believe that that after Peter encountered that he was saying, don't provoke God, because remember, Peter had uh, uh, in, in Acts, the 10th chapter, about the 15th verse that the Lord visited him. And the scripture says, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God has cleansed thou, uh, that call not uncommon. And this was done three times. And then the vessel was received up again. And Peter was having a problem with his personal, with his prejudice. Peter was having a problem uh, of who he was. And now um, he's having a dream about eating things that he's never eaten before. And, you know, every dream that we have is not a, a dream because we, we went to bed hungry. Every dream uh, is not because we, uh, you know, ate the wrong thing. Some things, some dreams are symbolic and God is speaking. Now, when God gives us a dream, he is letting us know something that is that is either within his will I'm just going to say within his will, because if he's correcting you, that is to get you in his will. And if you're already in his will, it's so that you stay in his will. It's letting you know that I am pleased. I was laying down. I I, I like to, uh, after working, I like to uh, sit back and relax, relax, take my eyes off the computer, you know, take my eyes off of, and my mind off of what I'm doing and just rest a bit. And so while I was while I was just kicking back, you know, and enjoying enjoying uh, the rest. I, I was dreaming that I was in service. I could describe the sanctuary. And, uh, and so I'm in service. I had on some attire that I do not own. Uh, I do not have this attire. And I, I looked at myself and, and because I was like, why did I get this from? And I was introducing a speaker. And so there was a, a mother. Uh, I call her mother because she was a much of a woman that was about to go up and speak. And as she went up to speak, she began to sing a song. And I I know the song. And I was, when I woke up, my lips were moving. I was singing that same song uh, from the dream. But then, but then when I really woke up, it was gone. And so God sends a dream. He sends a message. He sends something to stir our hearts up to keep us in the right path so that we stay focused in the area that we need to stay focused in, whether we fully understand the meaning of it or not. 
So we know for sure. Now, Peter did not fully understand the dream that he had un until uh, the men that were sent by Carnes came and knocked at the door. And even then, there was some resistance in his mind, in his spirit, because he did not want to really, but he had to remember what God had said. He had to recall what the Lord has spoken unto him, not once, not twice, but three times, that what I call clean, don't you call it unclean. Do not look at the Gentiles and this nation of group of people and say that you're unworthy. Don't look at them and say, you cannot be saved. Don't look at them and say, well, you don't live like I do. You don't act like me. You don't go where I go. You don't, you don't offer up the sacrifices I offer up. I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of getting messed up here in my mind because I'm thinking about some stuff that Peter did that God would not approve of. However, and I love the word of God. God does not hire the does not hide the imperfections of men, but he uses that to show his forgiveness, his mercy, and that we can get it right. And so uh, Peter was then uh, uh, in this trance and he wakes up and now he's going down to Cornelius house. He's following in obedience. He goes down there and as he speaks the word of God to them, uh, Cornelius had invited his family, friends and associates and everybody that would listen that could fit in the house. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. Uh, Peter was not there to teach them. Uh, it was not there to teach them how to speak in tongues or anything of that nature, but to present to them Jesus Christ and him crucified. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. Peter had to recall these things and remember what happened at that moment. But not only him. But the others that had experienced similar situations where they went and ministered in the evangelistic field and people got saved. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Verse 11, but we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we shall be saved even as they. We believe. Now, this is a complete change from Peter's view uh, prior to his initial encounter with Cornelius and his family and friends. Uh, belief is something uh, uh, something uh, God can work with. We have to give God some to work with. And so unbelief can be um, summed up with, uh, uh, with this equation, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. If we uh, don't believe what God is saying, if we struggle with the belief, and, uh, you know, sometimes we do. Sometimes we struggle with uh, believing uh, something. You know, the man asked the Lord for a, for a blessing to heal. And the Lord said, if you believe in the man said, Lord, help my unbelief. Now, I don't want you to use that as a crutch. Uh, but there are some time that you don't, you struggle with your belief. Uh, but if we ask God, Lord, help my unbelief. And then we ourselves have to tell our bodies, tell our mind, tell our spirit that you will, you shall believe what God is saying. I received a word from the Lord and I struggled with it. And uh, the, the one day I, I was struggling with the word. Uh, from the Lord. It, it was a struggle. I, I received it, but it, I, it was a struggle because I started looking at the situation around me. I started looking at uh, what was going on and, or, or looking at what had not happened. And so then it hit me one day that I was not giving God anything to work with. I was holding back. 
uh, and so uh, preachers, uh, ministers, and uh, sometimes are, are we we have prayed for others, or we have pro spoken the word, and then we're struggling ourselves with whatever we're dealing with. And so it hit me one day that I was not giving God something to work with. You know, he presented, he sent it, uh, but I kept moving the, the plant. I kept moving the potter. He's trying to plant the seed and I keep moving the planter. And I said, wow, I said, well, I have to stop moving that planter and I need to work in this particular area. Uh, I, I may have faith in other areas, but this particular area is something that I was struggling with uh, until that I stopped moving the plant pot so that he could plant the seed and watch it grow. Once I embrace the seed, things begin to change and has stopped. Things change and has not stopped. Mm -hmm. It hasn't stopped. Jesus did not come to destroy the law, but provide clarity, grace, and truth. Now, uh, Data manipulation. I deal a lot with data manipulation in, in my regular work. Data manipulation works perfectly in the technical industry, but manipulation of God's word is not something that we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to take away from it and we're not supposed to add to it. We're supposed to take him at his word. He has the power, the authority, the ability. Grace, unlike some, isn't prejudice but acceptance of those that are destined to be saved. The Bible tells us in Revelation 22 and 17, it says, and the spirit and the bride saith, come and let him that hear say come, let him that is a first come and, I, and whosoever will let him uh, take the water of life freely. Now, that bothered those that felt they had a monopoly on God. Uh, when the Gentiles got saved and, and started receiving the word of God, started receiving the blessing of God, you know, there are other countries, nations, and people that receive the word of God more readily than those because we bind ourselves. And, and so the Jews were binding, trying to bind these people and restrict them, and, and in binding them and restricting them to follow a structure that they themselves were struggling with would make them a proselyte. And they still wouldn't get it right. We're not to, we don't have a monopoly on God. All of us have called to be the same, and that is holy. Be holy as I am holy. The 12th verse says, Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God have wrought among the Gentiles by them. After Peter had finished, everyone was quiet. Sometimes the word of God leaves us speechless. We need to be quiet. We need to be silent sometimes. We need to listen and get a good understanding as Proverbs tell us to do. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all that getting, get an understanding. We need to get an understanding. Um, we need a good understanding and we need understanding on our jobs. We need an understanding in school. We need an understanding uh, in the church. We need to make sure that we are clear, that we clearly understand, that we get the concept. We understand what is being said. Jesus told those following him several times, though you believe me not, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father has sent me and I in him. He told them repeatedly, if you're not going to listen to the words I'm saying, believe your eyes. 
You know, a, a picture is, as they used to say, a picture is worth a, a, a thousand words. You see them for yourself. They didn't have instamatic cameras. They didn't have uh, nothing to take a picture. They didn't have a, a iPhone or nothing, or tablets or nothing, but they saw what was being done. They witnessed it with their own eyes. They could feel it. They could touch it. Yet they did not want to believe it. They see the Gentiles are being saved. They see the Gentiles are being filled with the Holy Ghost. And they don't want to believe it. They don't want to accept it. And after they had held their peace, so they James answered, saying, man and brother, hearken unto me, preachers. You're not going to always get an amen because people sometimes are just dumbfounded. They're listening to what is being said. Now, uh, there was a great evangelist was running a, a revival and the people were quietly listening and during a conversation. They shared this with 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 us that during a conversation, one of the mothers uh, told the evangelist, you can't eat and talk at the same time. Allow the people to digest what you're giving them. And so James, who was there, um, uh, was letting them know why he had their attention that Simeon, Peter, had declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So you're special. God didn't just call the, uh, from the beginning, from the very beginning, God did not just call Judaism. God called people to be holy. And he called not just uh, a nation that he took. Remember, Abraham was not a, uh, did not practice Judaism. Abraham was not an Israelite. Abraham was a Gentile and God took a Gentile and, with, and drew out of him a nation for himself. Hmm. Uh, verse 16. Verse 15. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written, James began his appeal by referring to Peter's testimony. Uh, think about the word of God. Think about words of the prophet as it is written. After this, I will return and build again the temple of David, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. Now that's Amos. He's quoting Amos 9, 11 through 12. In that day will I, will I rise, raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen, and close up the breach thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the heathen which are called, uh, and all that heathen uh, which are called by my name. Those that are called by my name are going to be blessed, said the Lord that doeth this. The residue of men, 17th verse, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, said the Lord, who doeth these things. God's purpose, his intent, his objective, his reasoning uh, is for all men to seek him and to call upon his name. He says, I would that no man would perish, no matter where you are, no matter what you have done. The Lord is not willing that anybody should perish. Listen, uh, hell was created for the devil and his angels. It was not created for mankind. Even though men have messed up, men have done things that they know they should not have done. 
God is still grace. God is still full of mercy and he is willing. We are living in a time of willingness. We are living in a season that we need to listen to the voice of God and hear what he is saying so that we can help somebody else. The 18th verse says, known unto God all, all his works are the beginning of the world. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily uh, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Revelation 13 and 8 says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name are not written in the book of life, uh, in the Lamb's book of life, and uh, but slain, this lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from, from pollution of idols and from fornication and from things strange and from blood. There are some rules and there are some regulations that God expects from us, and that is we Seek him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We should worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should seek after God to do his will, not to place any burdens or anything upon anyone to do anything otherwise, except to stay away from those things that will contaminate you. There are some things that will contaminate you that you must stay away from. Uh, listen, uh, before we go, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. We, we've gone through the lesson, but I believe there was a question that was asked at the beginning that there are two things. Give me a scripture that there were two things that um, that uh, that are never satisfied. And uh, two things that are never satisfied. No one used uh, Master Google. No one searched it out. It was mentioned on Tuesday night in Bible class. Two things that are never satisfied is hell. You'll find this in the book of Proverbs. Hell and just a moment. Sir. Hey, so I just heard your question. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you. Yes. Okay, so I just heard your, your question. You said two things that are never satisfied. Give me a scripture. In the Bible. Oh, you want the scripture too? I want the scripture, yes. Okay, give me yeah, one second. Your answer in the scripture. Okay. I was just about to give it. And there are those that are waiting for you. Uh, one second. All right, I'm going to have to okay. go ahead and get it. I have it. it. Proverbs 30, 16 through 19. There are two things never satisfied, like a leech forever craving more. No, three things 
no fourth hell, the barren womb, a barren desert, fire, a man who mocks his father and despises his mother, shall have his eye plucked out by ravens and eaten by vultures. There are three things too wonderful for me, no four, how eagles glide through the sky, how a serpent crawls upon a rock. Two things is what I asked for. Two? Oh. Um... I know what it is. I don't have the scripture right now, but I'll. You can go Tell ahead. What you think? Huh? Tell us the what two your things. Answer. Oh, my answer: uh, hell and the eyes of men. That is the answer. That is what was spoken about on Tuesday night. God bless you. Thank you. All right, you're Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson. I pray that 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 uh, what has been said this evening is bless your soul. And before we go, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless, Lord, each one of the sound of my voice. Lord God, help us to do your will, to stay obedient to your will, to do your will. You work, oh Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, that we continue to give you praise, to give you glory and honor by the life. Bless you, Lord God. Listen, remember the songs that are respective property of our songsters and our artists and, and other producers. This is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That's P-Town, Pomona, California. Hope to see you here or to see you there. Until then, be blessed in the Lord. Go out and enjoy life in Jesus' name.